Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the HGO Podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Ethan. And as always, I'm joined by my good friends, Kyle and Hunter. Hey, guys. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing just swell. Doing pretty good. You know, it's... I, I don't know. I How do you do podcasting? <laughs> how to podcasting? Has anyone found that tutorial yet? Because I feel podcasting like... Podcasting for dummies. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we're like, 110, we're like 110 episodes in or something ridiculous. And I'm like, I still don't feel like I know how to do an intro to a podcast. Because, you know, there's two types of... You, there's two types of podcast intros right there's the very generic yo gamers how's it going here's everybody with their handles and let's do that and then there's the just the people that just stumble into a podcast and i feel like we don't know which one we want to be because there's the first five seconds where we're like hey guys how's it going very scripted and then ethan goes into a tangent instantly and now where the fuck are we it's like what you know, do I'm... we do from here oh you know you know, I will say about the intros, I'm glad we got rid of the nicknames. Oh, 100%, dude. Like, honestly. 100%. On, I feel Season like gonna, one, that was a mistake. You're saying you don't like being known as the Weed no. Wonder? Well, no, I look, didn't. No, to be fair, I didn't like saying it either. So, you know, I don't know why we kept... I feel like I'm it was tradition. I'm glad you kept going. Because, yeah, cause I just me thought up. Like it was tradition. Well, dude, good for honest. you. <laughs> just no made one Hunter, asked. It was, it was just making Hunter happy. It was all the puns, that's why. I felt like I had to make every single one a pun or alliteration. So it was like... I had to make Hunter smile somehow. <laughs> like, that was the only way. Yeah. Puns are the only way to Hunter's heart. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. It's true. It's true. It's a shortcut for sure. <laughs> that's what's going to happen, guys. Is what you know is like, give us another year when when season three wraps. We're just killing season one. That's how it's going to be. There's a three year exclusivity deal. Once an episode turns three <laughs> it's years, <just> dead. <laughs> it's oh, like no. those Twitter profiles that kill books. tweets after so many years. It gets, it's like, die. It gets die, put in the die. Disney vault. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to buy it. Yeah, guys, you're going to have to buy it on Blu ray. Like, you're going to have to buy a podcast on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Um, That'll be how we sell a Patreon tier. You get the I was just gonna old say. content. The vault. The, the, yeah, the, the HGO vault. Yeah. You know, and do you, would you guys pay for it? I know I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> it's like paying for the worst content. I would just make it again. Just make but it again. You know. well, oh, we could remaster our old episodes. Just do them better. <laughs> could you imagine? Just like, hey guys, we're going to remaster our episodes. Bring in some variety, add some guests where they weren't originally there, you know, add some content. <laughs> yeah. Just do a redo. That's this is what we would have envisioned episode 11 of the HGO podcast to be, okay? Just pick If we had webcams <laughs> at that point in the show, you know, this is what it would look like. All right, everyone, this is our real thoughts on Ghost of Tsushima. It was epic. <laughs> it was uh, bad. It was a video game. Um, but now, welcome back does in. exist. Speaking of video games, we've got a banger for you today, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. We've all been prepared, we've all done our research, we're definitely we sure have. not winging it, and by we, I mean me, you know. Because, you know, as a host, I like to spread my problems with everybody, because that's what we do best, is we like to delegate and then uh, blame the problem on everybody else, which is what we do. Uh, so this week, we are... We share the successes, notes. we share the failures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, no, I feel like that's what it, I feel like it's like... I feel like we share the successes and the failures are solely on me because I feel like with the YouTube algorithm, it's 100% on me whether an episode does well or not. But that's just how I feel, um, which you is not a healthy relation. the YouTube algorithm. That's, no, that's the thing. Some people do and they're selfish and they don't share. And that's what I'm not on about, dude. I'm looking at you, Mr. Beast. Why aren't you sharing? Come on. You, you, you give, I'm not giving people 100 grand. Maybe that's the secret to the YouTube algorithm. He's too busy planting trees. 
I really do wish I could find a, or I really do wish he would share his bypassing thing. It doesn't matter how many times I tell YouTube I'm not interested in that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He always shows back up. He knows your location, dude. He knows your location. Um, Mm. But no, this week we're going to be talking about the greatest video game characters of all time. Have we reached a new low? Are we going that generic? Yes, we are. Because it's May, and if you saw my tweet from like February <laughs> or January, you would have know that May is everybody. I feel like I should have made a jingle, like get the Wii Sports theme, and just just have me <laughs> shouting filler month. You know, it's like it's filler month, guys. Welcome on in. There's no new games. We've got a while. So hey, now's the time. If you guys have any topics that you wanted to talk about over the next few weeks, email us at hotgamersonly at gmail.com or leave it in the YouTube comments if you're a video user. Uh, a user, a viewer, more. Or like. hit us up on Twitter. Or hit us up on Twitter at Hot Gamers Only, or at, in any of our uh, little tags. Uh, and then I'm not. <laughs> shall I do the thing? Shall I do the thing? <laughs> Here, Hunter, just for you. Hunter, just we're not you. there yet. The episode's just, just started. There, there, there you go. Just for you. They're on the screen it's, there. It's Pavlovian. I have to do it. <laughs> it's on the screen there. Uh, you can get in contact with us and let us know what you want us to talk about. Because man, we need some content. Want some guests? Do I have to start going and blackmailing some of our friends? Just ask some people. Be like, hey guys, we need content, please. <clears throat> Hope you like speedrunners because that's all the connections I have. Uh, anyway, greatest video game characters of all time. Um, this all stemmed from a conversation that we had off the podcast last <laughs> yeah, week. Tell, tell them the how we got here, because it's a funny story. Is it a funny story? Because I feel like, basically... Well, I it's just... something that felt obvious to me, and then it just absolutely broke Kyle. <laughs> That's the funny like part. Well. I learned about who I was, you know? Yeah, because I was jokingly saying that Kyle always has a type when it comes to video game characters that he likes. I'm not talking about, get the horny thoughts out of your brains, audience. I'm not, I'm just talking about characters in general. I'm like, you can tell a Kyle-ass character. Just like from appearance. From appearance and just from personality. You can basically from one line or two lines of dialogue, you can get the kind of character that Kyle would like. I mean, you can also do that with Hunter in a lot of ways. Yeah, you can do that with me. It's not hard. (laughs) But Kyle didn't realize that he was so easy to read. He did not realize that he was an open book. Hunter realizes he's an open book. You can just show Hunter oh, a character I, I and be like, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, I like trench coats in the color red a lot of the time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. That's what God, yeah. you've, you've changed my whole like understanding of the universe. Hunter. I'm going to have to rewatch all 110 episodes of the HGO <laughs> podcast to truly convince myself on this newfound universe that I have created. Even his um, yeah. microphone is red. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I also realized that, that was a very Stanley Parable kind of thing to say about watching in the entirety of the uh, the podcast again. Do it anyway, and go play Stanley Parable. Do it. Do it. <laughs> My favorite character, Stanley, guys. <laughs> um, but so we're gonna and talk at the about the nineteen minute mark. Stanley pushed the pause button. <laughs> Silly Stanley. <laughs> That's the Stanley Parable would have a podcast where you pause it and then they just carry on anyway. And he'd be like, Stanley paused the podcast, <laughs> not realizing that it was live and he had to listen to every single word of it, whether he'd like it or not. You know? That'd be a really funny bit, somehow having it in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley didn't realize that the podcast was in his head and he couldn't turn it off. Hi, Stanley. Um, but anyway. We're going to talk about favorite video game characters. If you turned off yet, if not, we'll make you in a second. We're going to talk about all our favorite characters, what we love. And they, these two have got a list. I don't. I'm just going to speak from my heart. 
and <laughs> probably from my ass as or well as I come ass. up with. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to talk about, we're basically posing the question, what are the greatest video game characters of all time? And hey, if you agree, if you disagree, let us know in the comments. Again, get in contact with us at Hot Games Only on Twitter or at gmail.com. And let us know, what are your favorite characters? What do you love? What makes a character good in your eyes? And yeah, we'll have this discussion. We'll make people angry. We'll make people sad. Maybe one day we'll say we'll, we'll do the worst characters of all time. And then we'll truly <laughs> aggravate people as I'll genuinely just go down favorite characters list and go hate them, hate them, hate them. <laughs> but it's all good. So I'm going to start with you, Cal, because this all stemmed from this conversation about yeah. you being an open book. And so I feel a great <laughs> game here, Hunter, is for us to play a game of when Kyle lists a character, we act if we're surprised or not. I feel like it's going to be a great game. Try and make it's it an audible fun. reaction, Hunter, because obviously all <laughs> podcast listeners won't be able if we, to see us yeah. uh, <laughs> fully sarcastically shocked faces. So, <laughs> Kyle, what's first on your list? Um, so I don't really have like an order for how I did this. I just kind of put them down as I thought about them. No, like I say, I want this <laughs> to be a journey. Okay. I want this to be a flowing conversation where we mock each other for our bit. No, where we, <laughs> where we just, you know, it flows to and through. They're, they're not ranked. There's no order to it. There's not number yeah, 10 is just... Burger King footletters. We're not doing that. <laughs> <We're> just... <laughs> My favorite video game character from such classics. <laughs> As number 10 came. yeah number but 10. we're just gonna flow this through so hunter might go hey i have a character similar to that or i'll be like i hate that kind yeah. of character i'm the opposite here's this you know we'll just make it flow we'll see how long we go for you know i'm not gonna judge you too much so i think i'll start with this one because this is kind of where i started to have that epiphany of like oh god i am that predictable <laughs> um it's Therion from Octopath Traveler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this, this, last this week, point, we brought him up, and we were like, darn me. it! <laughs> this was where it broke me, because we were talking like, oh, yeah, the girl you like, it's Ophelia, from also from Octopath. And I'm like, well, no, I the also like... The magic blonde also girl. Like, yeah. I also like Therion, he's cool, but like, oh, my God, wait, no. Snarky asshole character was the other trope I liked, <laughs> and Therion falls right into that. Yeah, sure well, I think does. one thing like... that Kyle, Hunter and I very much realize that Kyle has two uh, types when it comes to characters, and it's just blonde characters and <laughs> snarky <laughs> characters, and there you go. Uh, there are some yeah. exceptions to his rule. Like, I can list those off, like, off the top of my head, but I'm not going to because they're probably on his list. But I'm just looking. So I also got, like, stats... I split this up between guys and girls. Oh, he, he genuinely and... guys. He genuinely has a guys, I need DPS this. column. He has a fucking <laughs> spreadsheet, dude. He's 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 put these in like he's he's ranked them like the fucking Overwatch characters. Like he's like, this person's in this category, this person in this. I'm queuing for this one, guys. Like genuinely it's he did more homework than me than me and Hunter while Well you didn't on. do any homework, so that's not hard, Ethan. I like to think that I have you to put in, You like, participate in class when you do the work. Yeah, but here's the thing, is everybody else gets to do their prep for class and then shows up to class. I have after-school class, and then I have to go and do revision yeah, he's afterwards. he's got, like, clubs yeah. afterwards. He doesn't have time for homework. <laughs> I don't have time for homework. I have to put six hours into this, whether I like it or not. <laughs> 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 to get it out into the world. But yes, so, Therion from Octopath Traveler. Why do you like them? So, 
from what I recall, his story is one of the more interesting ones from Octopath, where basically, as a kid, he had this friend and he ended up getting betrayed by him and just then he ended up becoming like a fly solo rogue kind of character. And he vowed never to feel again. Was yeah. essentially the lesson Classic. he learned. He's just like me for real. Yeah. You love to see it. <laughs> but no, this guy. Yo, can we add, right, can we add, I'm looking at his, can we add, like, cloak to Kyle's resume as well, or, like, cape and cloak Cloaks combo, cool. yeah. because I feel like that's also a type of Kyle's, because it's, like, Honestly, I thought it was more like a poncho with what he wears. I'd, I'd, it's, it's a poncho, but I'd, I'd more call it a cloak or a cape, kind yeah, of. Yeah, cloak. Yeah. That's what I would got, call it. It's also got, like, a cool scarf. You do like scarves. We, basically, we can just characterize you by the way they look. <laughs> which makes you a very... A <laughs> it's a ho- you're horrible person, Kyle. things that look cool are you're cool a, to me. You're a, horrible, you're a horrible person, Kyle. It's all looks with you. It's not about the soul. It should be about the soul of the person. That's the thing. It also is, with a lot of these characters, it is also just about their character. It's not just 12-year-old brain saying, that guy look cool, I like cool thing. I don't believe you. It's I also just like... Yeah, Therion's story, to be fair, is pretty solid as far as it is portrayed in the game. That's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played Octopath, so can't yeah. judge it. Yeah, even though so. I own it. Also, it's also on Game Pass. It is. You double own it. Triple. It's on, <laughs> it's on Game Pass for PC. As well. That's the triple the triple threat. <laughs> I'm never gonna play it on PC though. I'm never gonna play it, but you know. Dude, you really I also should. seem to remember keeping him in my party rotation pretty frequently. As far as his utility in combat. I liked his utility outside of combat, because he could there were these special purple chests that only he could open. Oh, and it right. just saved having chests. to backtrack through a dungeon to get it. Yeah. So from there on, I'm like, you are my starting character, so you will never <laughs> leave my party, Mr. Thiefy Boy. <laughs> Mr. Thiefy boy. boy. See, the problem I have with most RPGs, where it's like, if I do have characters that are in RPGs, especially turn-based RPGs on my list, which I'll probably come up with a couple, but most <laughs> of the time, the problem with JRPGs is it doesn't matter how good, your characters have to be like exceptional to me for me to give a shit, because I am not a turn-based RPG fan. I fucking despise turn-based combat for the most part. So you have to have dang good characters or mm-hmm. else Ethan's brain's turning off. And I feel like it's also selfish because it's like <clears throat> if any turn-based or strategy kind of RPG game gets on my list, it'll, the character will be on my list. It's 100% because of VO. If it's just a text, yeah. like, that's why I'll never play old Final Fantasy games because when <laughs> if there's no voiceover, I'm like, Salu, no investment because guy fucking grinding and reading cringe yeah. don't care how cool you are dude get the out the old final fantasy doesn't have a very dry delivery of pretty please from cloud exactly <laughs> and it's just i don't know why or it's just Barrett that's, singing yeah. it's just i don't know why it's just that is the way my brain works is it's like there's no, so I many cool that. there's so many cool characters but to me a performance is like a very important part of it to me especially that's... in a game where i don't particularly like the the gameplay systems it's like i'm not a huge xenoblade mm. gameplay guy i'm not a, especially xenoblade one <laughs> no neither am i but the characters <laughs> get me through the gameplay 
They sure do. If, yeah. if that was text-based reading for most of it, I'd be like, oh, fuck, kill me. No, <laughs> no, no. Just can't that's do kind it. Of, that's kind of how I feel about like the guy party members in Persona 3. Because at least in FES, I don't, I can't speak to Portable because I never played that. But in FES, none of the guy party members have social links. It's only the female party members. Yeah. So all the guy characters have to get their development in the story, which for some characters like Junpei, it works really well. But for a character like Akihiko, he's really only a character when the story needs him to be a character. Other than that, he just kind of exists man gets hard i mean i feel like that's the <laughs> the difference like is he's around since like the start of the game yeah he is man gets uh cheated <laughs> it's just i do feel like that is the the pro and con of persona is mm. the you have the beauty of the social link system where you can basically choose i really like that character i want to get more story about them but then yeah. it also means that it's very much a dice flip on one what's in that social link and how much of this the story kind of transpires in the actual main quest line right it's like yeah. one of the reasons gone gone hunter gone makoto it gets featured pretty <sighs> frequently yeah. i was gonna Persona's go down the same line story dude. yeah and her social link sucks <laughs> yeah that's genuinely the reason where it's like I get why people like Makoto from the main story, and I also do like Makoto from the main story quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But the reason that I never romanced her in the game isn't because I don't like... I'd like to say I hate Makoto, just because I really like to stir shit in the Persona community. <laughs> it's just my favorite thing. It's because Persona fans in particular are so fucking sensitive. And to be fair... They really are. Yeah, like, to be fair, it's like, fair play. If you want to care that much, you do you. But you're so sensitive to people having opinions that differ from yours that I just love feeding into it. Because it's like, <laughs> people just need to learn that life's life, dude. Just get over it. It's like, if you hate something that I like, I don't care. I'm not going to take it personally. And it's the same way. But Makoto, for me, is definitely one of those characters where it's like, I really like you in the story. And I think you're a pretty decent character, but your social link did absolutely <clears throat> nothing to strengthen your character at all. And if mm -hmm. anything, it meant that I was actually getting, I was, I felt more connected to other characters in the story because I found out more about Ryuji's personal life and what he's been through during his social link. And yeah, he might not impact the story as much, but then I feel like he's more of a character because I know more of the basics about it. Yes, I know Makoto's dad died, but that's all I know, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, even that you get from the story because a lot of Sai and Makoto's dynamic is very much tied to the main story. And it's like, to me anyway, I much rather prefer having character, learning stuff about characters like Futaba or like Ryuji Mm -hmm. or even yusuke which is a very underappreciated character in the story but when you go for his social link and you time. actually realize what's behind him you're like that's great i really appreciate it yeah and the other yeah. thing with persona 3 is that with its female characters it feels like they some of them kind of get like double dip because you get characters like yukari and mitsuru who have huge story significance throughout pretty much the whole game and then you get their social links on top of that so it's like they get all of this development, they get super fleshed out through the through story and side content, and then poor Akihiko just exists on the couch. 
You know, I feel the same way. Cleaning about off his boxing gloves. Controversial opinion here uh, about Royal, and it's one of the things that I really like Kasumi as a character, but I feel like, again, Kasumi is one of those characters that is over, like, double-dipped in a way where it's a bit, like, mm-hmm. you f- like the f- the reason... The more I think about it, when I finished Royal, I'm like, there's no other option. You have to pick Kasumi because I feel like the game's shoving it in your face. And they very much are because you get all of her development, the, the appearances during the main original story of P5. You also get her first half of her social link. Then the entire fucking epilogue of the game is all about <laughs> her. And she has yeah. a separate social link. And by the time you're at that point, you've basically done everybody's social link. So all you're doing is hanging out with her where it gets to the point where I feel like, yeah, I feel like the way, the reason that, I feel like that is because you're so overexposed to her by the end of it that you just kind of feel like that. And I'm like, one of my kind of cons about Royal, which I wish they had done more of now when I look back at it retrospectively, is, man, I really wish we just got more development of the original cast as well. I really wish in that third semester it just wasn't about these two or three characters specifically, that we did get more than just one scene of... More than just the one conversation. Yeah, more than the like, one oh, conversation. I'm sorry, I got hypnotized. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, you do get new scenes. You get new scenes at Christmas. You get all kinds of new moments that do happen if you... There's the school dance as well. There's a load of stuff that you do have if you choose these new characters. But it's not like... I just wish there was more of it. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. Oh, that's what we got strikers for. <laughs> yeah. And I and there's and I Kasumi's wish more for not that. even in that. And nope. neither neither any kind of relationships that you developed really. It's just, hey, do you wanna be friends? Yeah. Or hey, did you romance Adam and be P five? Yo, do you wanna get fucking friend zoned with the cat instead of having any kind of <laughs> moment? Lamau. I'm like, great, love it. Um <laughs> Do you know what, shall I just say, mine's Persona related, shall, shall, shall I say my first one now while we're yeah, still talking about Persona? It. I'm not going to go does. for a main character because I feel like, I, I've spoken to death about a load of P5 characters and I could very much go, number one, Akechi, number two, <laughs> Ryuji. So I'm not going to say was it. on my list. Is Akechi on your list? Of course he was. Course he <laughs> Akechi's a Giga Chad. He is a Giga Chad. And I have two on my list, and one of them is spoilers, kind of, and the other Ooh. one isn't. Um, so, which one do you want to go with? Do you want to? I w- I will not. I don't want to try and spoil anything for anybody. So, should, but one of them is kind of hard to. It's like saying a catchy before base P five. It's like if you haven't played base <laughs> P five, it's kind of hard to see why people like a catchy until you've played it. Um, Very true. I'll go with I'll go with it. I'll go with it and I'll just say it's got spoilers for P5 Royal, so skip like four minutes ahead into the video if you don't want spoilers. Um anyway, you ready? You gone? Good. Um Maruki from yep. Persona 5 Royal so is good, potentially the best villain that I have well quote unquote villain that yeah. I have yeah. seen in a video game. And one uh I think it's down to the performance. I think that uh, Billy Kamatz, who is a mm. wonderful and amazing voice actor, who is going through some really tough shit in the moment, and yeah, um, oh my yeah, God, praying for the best for him because man, <clears throat> he's so fucking incredibly talented, and he's such a nice individual, and something so shitty couldn't have happened to a nicer person, yeah. and just a nicer group of people with his loved ones and his friends and stuff like that. So, man, mm-hmm. I really do um, hope for the best. But his performance in that game is something else where you have this character where 
if you the beauty is i've had friends that didn't play base p5 and just play royal and it's almost you you you've got that instinct to tell your friends okay you need to hang out with this person i'm not going to tell you why but what you quickly realize is he's such a good character you don't even need to tell people to go and spend time people with maruki because you just want to him. anyway <laughs> yeah because he's got snacks he's got snacks yeah, and he's he just does. such a good performance and i think it's such a great example of your villain doesn't have to be evil to be a good adversary to be a good opponent and i mm-hmm. feel like because he does such a good he job because has in... to be ideologically opposite yeah exactly kind of because in a lot of ways the like a villain or an enemy doesn't think they're a villain in their mind in their mind they're the protagonist they're the hero they their agenda is what they believe is best for everybody right and Mm. very much when you look at maruki from a character level what's his wish he's had such a shitty go about it and he hate he's he's seen all the pain and suffering that's happened to people around him that he's willing to sacrifice his own life to make sure everybody else has the perfect one and in his yeah. mind, that's what he wants, and that's his goal. And the fact that it's kind of taking away free will in the process yeah. of doing so, and he's making that choice for everybody, is kind of the adversary. And I just love how, in a game where Persona Five, where it always juggles with uh, black and white, the kind of are, are we the good guys? Are we? And doing it was the never right that thing? good at doing it. And it was never it that before. good yeah. at doing it. Like there was times where it was good at doing it, but very much. It also wasn't <laughs> trying to guilt trip you for what happened to Okumura was not their uh, best moment there as far as no. the writing and the story went. No, but definitely you know, not. Going up like... to the confrontation with Maruki was definitely one where like, man, I feel bad about this one. Mm. No, and it genuinely does. It does. It does bring into question the fact that oh, we can change this, but at the same time, it's kind of that contradiction of Maruki's creating this perfect world for everybody and not giving everybody the choice and it's in a way we're taking away maruki's choice to make that world and it's like there's there's the there's the there's all these like parallels that you can make of essentially in the same way that joker and akechi are the same on the different paths where something has critically altered them where they've gone down these two separate paths maruki is in the same way of they both have these deep thoughts and beliefs and loves like love for the world and for the people in it and want to do right by them but our ideologies change and it's in the way of you know in the way it's the youthful phantom thieves who are all young and what like want to make the what they want of the world and have this choice and do all that and maruki who's older who's probably in his mid-30s right who has had the world beat him to death to say no and to just have all those chances take away and be like i don't want that on other people and it's just like none of them are particularly in the wrong and you don't feel great about the outcome in a way and it's like you just like like i said the whole ending of royal just kind of makes you feel like just feel like fucking empty Empty. and it i feel like (laughs) it's great because original p5 was just ending was just doing an encore of p4s yeah and it's just like royal finally gives it the ending of you know if you have yeah if, if yeah you know if 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 p3 is despair and p4 is melancholy then fucking p5 is just fucking emptiness it is yeah it is yeah it is just yeah (laughs) it genuinely is it is life goes on whether you want it to or not and it's like no hard feelings but it's just like that to me maruki is proof to me 
that god i really hope that <laughs> persona 6 gets something like this where we don't fight god at the end and we have something at the end of it that feels yeah, it doesn't need to be a world ending stakes if it feels good enough Impactful. already man no like, man yeah and like like i said like i said like, I, my favorite part of that whole confrontation wasn't even it was the part where you're just down to the fisticuffs man <laughs> And it feels silly and it feels good, but at the same time, it also feels like it's like... Oh, it feels, it feels so right, though. It feels so right and feels... so It's it's cliche, but it just feels so right and it feels, like, very mm -hmm. poignant. And it's like, it just amazes me that they created this character in a series that, from my experience anyway, from the couple of games I've played, seems to be very cliche with their villains in a way where... I didn't like P5's original villains, really, until they fucking elaborated on Akechi and Royal. And I really don't like P4's villain, like, at all. He's my least favorite part of that game. And I can probably guarantee I might not, probably won't like 3's either. But it's like, I don't know. To be fair, 3's has always been kept a secret to me, and I still don't know. So I feel like there may be some more grayscale on that, because I didn't play it instantly and go from the first five hours ago, I think I found it. Oh, okay. you're climbing. They're all right. It's Hades. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, it's just so interesting for them to have this character that was so well developed in it as a change instead of being like this classic kind of tropey villain. And I really do hope they have learned from that with Royal. And I feel like because it's the new development team, because there's a new director what was on Royal, the new team basically started on Royal. It's a good starting point. And I hope they continue to take those point. lessons. So anyway, sorry, that was a very big persona run. I'm not even going to mention my <laughs> other character. <laughs> maybe at the end if i'm feeling quirky hunter we haven't heard from you give us a character dude. all right let me have a look here real quick where do i want to and start? also if okay, we spoke so more than four minutes then i'm so sorry to the people that the, might uh, have been ruined <laughs> to the opposite end Pull of the spectrum out. let's just jump to a cliche but done so well with kefka palazzo from final fantasy mm. 6 <laughs> he is okay. the typical like world ending psychopath but he's just so entertaining in every scene he's in and the fact that he like wins halfway through the game is always mm -hmm. something that always i'm like oh yes respect to that choice <laughs> i always love that kind of thing you don't see it often but i always well let's get this right i hate fucking fights where you win a fight and then you lose the fight let's just get that out of the way i hate when games do that yeah. like xenoblade is a fucking like it, it's, it's like yeah. it's a lesson on how to not do this is well you won no you lost i hate that shit but i do always love when you have games or you have movies and they do have this oh no we need to rebound kind of moment where it's like oh no they fucking did win and now we've got to deal with the consequences of that yeah like genuinely final fantasy 6 almost could have been split into two stories the part that really happens in the first half and then it ends with kefka winning and then like mm. the next one is just the world rebuilding the from that disaster so, so what you're telling me is that uh, kevin feige stole the idea of splitting infinity war in one game from final <laughs> fantasy 6 that's what you're telling me you sure <laughs> did fuck you yeah. feige we're on to you suck we're it thanos us three and nowhere near as good as kefka no wonder he chose the Batman over Marvel. Anyway, so carry on. Sorry, Andre. I feel, I feel like I cut you off. And then, like, he's just a really good foil for the struggles that the characters go through because mm -hmm. he's just like 
in a lot of ways he's also like it's like if Junko from Danganronpa wasn't obnoxious in the wrong ways because <laughs> he is a very like despairing kind of character where he's just nihilistic like Dude, uh, builds a giant tower with a death ray on it yeah he does and then uh when the party all confronts him being like yeah we've learned from this and we're stronger now and blah 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 he's like oh you all sound like chapters in a self-help book book. (laughs) have at you (laughs) and all that and it's like oh yeah nothing's gonna get through to this guy anymore but he's still like it's it's uh if the party was lesser in final fantasy 6 well, I would have respected it if he won again anyway, but if the party was lesser, <laughs> like if they were like the Final Fantasy fifteen characters, I would have actively been rooting for Kefka to win. <laughs> because he was just so entertaining the whole time. Yeah. You know, it's like... Sorry, go on, Kyle. No, sorry. I was going to say, one thing I really like about Kefka is that after the first half of the game, after he wins, he basically just disappears from the story until the final boss... Because yeah. at that this point, in his, is Avengers. What the at fuck? that point in his mind, he's already won. He doesn't yeah, need, he doesn't to, need do to do anything, anything else. This is literally F- Feige. What the fuck? This is literally <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> Thanos yeah. is literally not in the Endgame except for the first scene and then the end. Like literally, he takes takes yeah. the middle off. We're on to him, dude. I feel like I feel like we've got <laughs> something here. Yeah, honestly, pull the plug on the MCU. They don't have any original ideas anymore. Yeah, it's true. It's give true. us, give us the FFCU, please. The final oh, foul, oh my god, that'll be fucking tragic. God, It'd be Advent Children Two is the jumping off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like I feel like in a lot of TV and movies, and just in video games in general, right? The 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 fu- the the funnest character to write and the funnest character to be is always a villain. Like, honestly. Like, yeah. It doesn't Absolutely. matter how good your protagonist is. It's like almost everything rides on your villain a lot of the time because they always need, you always need to attach with them. You always have to feel like you know their agenda. And most importantly, you just got to be entertained. You kind of got to be like amazed yeah. by them in a way. There's got to be that like, kind of grasp towards them or else they don't really people, care. Mm-hmm. People throw the Joker comparison out, obviously, because he's a clown. So it's really easy to, you know, just get there mentally. <laughs> but as far as the best portrayals of the Joker, he is really similar in the way that they're oftentimes like the best part of what they're in. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's you know it 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 always to me it's like you know I can almost let go with an underwhelming protagonist more than I can with an underwhelming antagonist in a lot of yeah. ways. Where it's like I can let characters like rex go a little bit where i'm like <laughs> i can the let protagonist you go. usually has a supporting cast that will pick up the slack where if yeah. your villain sucks yeah. then it's like eh, why do i care why do i care about himself. this problem <laughs> no very true very true but no hey kyle have you got anything to hey, bounce off of this um yeah, I guess since we got F6. To I was gonna say since we've got ff6 on the on the chopping block i can finally get to addressing my favorite character ever of all time oh god no pressure <laughs> it's uh, it's it's celeste from ff6 okay guys she now is. uh for audio listeners who have not played it let me just really quickly get an image of celeste from Final <laughs> Fantasy Six on google because i also <laughs> don't know that's not neocortex in the background guys <laughs> <Let me tell you. laughs> um, but let me tell you just so you need to know what what she is uh 
she's blonde and she's a magic user. There you go. Well done, guys. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Am I right, Kyle? Am I right? Or is it the I... fact that in pixel form and zoomed out with a blurry webcam, she sometimes looks like Neocortex? <laughs> is that the real reason? Yeah, dude, in you, one very you, specific you scene, out. because she doesn't wear those clothes at any other point in time. It's not true. Because <laughs> she's in the lab. Back to the lab again. <laughs> Back to the lab again. <laughs> Such a stupid up. meme, dude. Literally so <laughs> stupid. I'm not a Smash fan yet. That was all over my timeline, and I was laughing. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not even the intended audience to this, but just seeing all the replies and all of those tweets just being back to the lab again with the stupid <laughs> fucking emojis. Dexter. <laughs> like, oh, so stupid. Anyway, oh. so Celeste. Yeah. So Celeste kind of falls into one of my favorite trope of characters, which is villain to hero. Oh, I thought you were going to say blonde uh, to magic. <laughs> blonde and hot, also a good, good combination. No, we stand. Horny, horny list is not yet. You you guys have to earn the horny list. Two hundred subscribers. Then well, you'll we get need that seventy list. more. Seventy more. Get your friends, dude. Get your friends. For if you want the cultured tier list, that that costs mm. extra. That costs two hundred. <laughs> Blackmailing. We need some kind of middle incentive for 150. (laughs) The middle incentive. A middle incentive. Well, yeah, 70 is like a long way to go, but if you got one at 150, it'll encourage people to, you know, jump on the train. That's a bad one. Yeah. Why do we always do this like in the middle of the fucking podcast? Like we should do this before and then (laughs) advertise it in the first three minutes. Honestly, though. Because now, yes. if I, now if in the next episode I just say I just say horny list at two hundred, people are gonna be like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Like, <laughs> Wait, what did I miss? What did I miss? God, that must have been <laughs> a swell episode of the H Show podcast, dude. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't so know. Celeste I feel is like a villain to hero character. Yeah. Let's get back on yeah. topic. Yeah, back on topic. Um, yeah, her general role in the story is that, at least at the start, she kind of she opposes she's part of the enemy army the empire the empire thank you hunter thank you Hunter. have you, have you played this there. game kyle have you played this game oh not once or twice are you using are you using just character design to think about you know, make your choices again kyle god damn it i would never <laughs> no but no she's really cool because i like that she kind of like opposes the empire's mentality where she kind of sees how shitty things are. What's what's up, Ethan? What's wrong I'm with you? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I don't know why. I've just like, I've like lost all like sense of anything for you. Because every time you say something, I just think that you were going to say she's blonde and hot for every reason. Like when you're like, <laughs> the reason I like her is, and in my head I was about to say, he's going to say she's blonde and she's a magic use. <laughs> Ethan, like, I've already done that joke. I know, right? But you know. We never reuse jokes here. It's true. It's true. Come on. We're brand new. It would be a very swell thing to do. It would be very <laughs> unswell. Yeah. Anyway. So, you like her because she is this villain. She were, she has opposing ideologies from the uh, the group. And then, I assume, over the course of the game, she changes her perspective. She has a new perspective on things. Yeah. Besides with the allies. Yeah. And, and then, that makes her very interesting. So then, and I'm not saying yeah. that in a sarcastic way, by the way. <laughs> it's done a lot better than how I'm describing it. Yeah. Because... She starts out already 
ideologically opposed to the empire she was like mid defection when Mm -hmm. the party member who finds her discovers her and then she has to deal with this whole rigmarole of you know the rest of the that half of the game having yeah most i of get the it filing paperwork you know you've got like <laughs> you've got to give you one month notice and that takes a while guys you know it's like you can't just leave. yeah so the rest of the group is constantly distrusting of her because she used to be an empire uh mm. general so and like i don't know maybe she killed one of their friends i don't remember if that's ever a plot point but it's a possibility you know People i mean die. cyan's actively against her well cyan's a but- tool <laughs> But you don't like Cyan? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's fair. He's definitely like a middling character for me, too. Yeah. No, that's fair enough, dude. That's fair enough. Uh, Who's... who's, Are you... you, Why else you got? I was going to say, she's also just like part of a lot of my favorite scenes from that game. One being the opera scene, which is where that Lego sprite in the background came from. (laughs) The Neocortex sprite. It's true. It's a good neocortex, right? <laughs> and then um, she's the I one guess... who goes and gathers up the party and part two yeah, of the game. In the second half of the game, she again Final Fantasy VI and its ever-changing protagonist. Yeah. She takes the role of main character for a little while, and oh, she's the so one. So she, so she was the, the Black Widow that got, that got the group back together after Endgame. That started the whole thing. <laughs> wow, did Feige? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just learned something here. That's like, why they dyed Black Widow's hair blonde, right? It all makes sense, dude. Yeah, what the f- Feige, we've got you, bro. We've got you. I'm writing the lawsuit up as we speak, dude. Japan loves a lawsuit. That's all I'm saying. Every You're great fucked. work of art has a cheap imitation. I mean, to be fair, Endgame is very much uh, the inferior movie compared to Infinity War, but, you know, don't want to cause some drama here. Now Never. you preach it. It is. Endgame's mid, dude. Endgame's mid. You (laughs) guys need to learn that a cool fight scene at the end does not make a good Marvel movie. Just saying. Just saying. It makes for a good theater experience, and that's about it. It was an incredible theater experience. Definitely, like, one of my favorite. Probably my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's never happening again. Top two moments in, like, my theater history. And they're always those epic, like, cinematic... It's probably number one, to be fair. Number two is I watched the Doctor Who 50th anniversary in the cinema, and that was also fucking epic. Basically, anything that's, like, fan, like, service is great in theatres. Shit in retrospect. Actually, Day of the Doctor's (laughs) pretty good, but, you know. No. I like that pick. And I also, like I say, I do like interesting characters that don't... aren't one note, that do kind of change and Mm -hmm. align over the course of video games. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Hunter, I'm going to bounce back to you because, like I say, I'm trying to think. Of yeah, but come up with I, I can't come up with anything that's a good like continuation, if that makes sense. Like, I can come up with some characters, right? But I also don't want to just scream weeb shit because <laughs> I do want to say that's here, what I'm doing. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying to stay away in a way because it's like I don't actually play that many JRPGs or anything like that. All right, so so. Kyle's last choice was the blonde magic user. Let's jump to the opposite end of the spectrum there. Morgan from Dragon Age is the gothy witch magic user. <laughs> That's not the opposite of the fucking spectrum. It's the opposite of the color spectrum. We know maybe. what we like, Ethan. God damn it, you horny fuckers. 200 subscribers, wait. <laughs> but yeah, Morgan's story is... It's a trope that I... I tend to enjoy when it's well done. It's the typical, like, defrosting the person who hates everyone <laughs> kind yeah. of story. 
like yeah. you know you recruit her and it's very begrudging at first but she grows to respect your character however you play them because of how strong they are <clears throat> and that respect it leads into genu- generally kind of hating everyone else in the party a little less except for alistair because those two are going to hate each other forever <laughs> but she's also in the dragon age series the person who gets like the most interesting stuff to do like in general like unless you specifically play the game a way to avoid this happening she will probably have a child that has the soul of an old god in it so that's cool hmm <laughs> <laughs> And she shows up again in Inquisition and it's still really cool. Just every time she shows up, interesting things happen after already having a really good story in the first game. No, that's fair enough. And I again, another kind of classic trope in a way, but when it's well done, I really do. Well, it's like well done. It. It's well done. I mean, yeah. it, works, it works really well. I can bounce off it. Similar character happened in a Tales of Arise, and she was great. Hey, I can bounce <laughs> off it, dude. That's a great one because let me bounce off it real quick because I've got something for this one. Oh, nice. And you haven't played it yet, so I don't want to delve too much into it. But uh, a great character of a kind of stiff, like kind of stone cold personality to start with, but when you get to know them, you actually realize that they're probably one of the like. A great character is Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2. Um oh, he is the definition of this because one, one Red Dead Redemption 1 is one of my favorite games of all time. Always will be. Red Dead 2 is also fantastic and it's up there. I swap between them all the time. But when that game, when Red Dead 2 was being announced and being thrown up to the release, I'm like, I don't think there's any way they could possibly make a character better than John Marston that from the first game that I think could rival him in terms of a protagonist i don't think i could get attached i don't think there could be a better character and then they fucking one-up him in like every single way in arthur morgan from red dead 2 he is personally if you talk about that kind of game right i'm not like when you talk about that kind of video game the rock star kind of video game in terms of realistic kind of very much down to earth characters with those kinds of graphics and visuals and stuff, that kind of storytelling. It's very, it's the Western kind of RPG storytelling that I'm talking yeah. about here. I don't think you can find a better character or a better protagonist than you can with Arthur Morgan. Um, he is just fantastic. And it's possibly like, it's the one thing where when you had the Red Dead Redemption versus God of War war at the Game Awards in 2018, mm. and Red oh, Dead yeah. won everything <laughs> except for Game of the Year, basically. It was like, I believe that, uh, I'm going to have to look up, did uh, they win 2018 for best performance? I feel like they did. Roger Clark? Roger Clark, his yeah. Name was? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and it was well fucking deserved, because it's probably the best performance yeah. I've ever seen in a video game. And this is coming from someone that's never done video game work before, which is two for two with Red Dead, because John Marston was also somewhat... Uh, the guy that played john marston never did anything really before red dead and then he pulled that performance out of his fucking ass as we were saying earlier <laughs> That's um, amazing but no he is just he is kind of he is very much your reserved kind of emotionless cowboy trope character but as the <clears throat> as the game carries on and as the story continues and as you get to know the characters and the members of this gang more and more his character doesn't his character changes but not in a way where it's obvious but you just understand him more and it's like very subtle yeah, you just in have the a way better that understanding changes, of him at the end than you do where you realize beginning. that 
the opinions that you have at the beginning probably weren't right and that he's not really yeah. it's not this dramatic shift he doesn't become an empathetic character at the end of it he's not like mm-hmm. stone cold turning out like into this really caring character he's always been that way he's just held his emotions back and he just goes through this whole kind of tragic kind of situation that is red dead redemption 2 story of this whole yeah. end of the west kind of scenario and it's just it's such a great performance and to be fair we'll probably bring this up in the future because one of the future topics that we're doing this month is games that made you cry and <laughs> red dead 2 and red dead 1 are both games that have done this and it's just that way of storytelling and a lot of times in games and stuff like that and just in performances in general it's never really the story that gets you it's always the performance and it's always the characters right written on paper you can read something an obvious spoiler and you won't feel anything really you'll be like oh that sucks or whatever but you don't feel anything but seeing that performance can just dramatically change anything right where it's like yeah oh that's what did it and and roger clark's performance is one of those where it's just like Honestly, it's incredible. And I'm still surprised that he has not been in really anything since because Jesus Christ, I feel like people need to hire the cast of Red Dead more because they're all phenomenal <laughs> actors. And when you compare it to GTA, which is very over the top and wacky and zany, Red Dead is some of the finest storytelling ever. And when people moan about GTA, I'm like, no, do more Red Dead. It's more story. That's incredible. Yeah. Just do more of that. It's fantastic. I love it. Anyway, I'm I'm done uh, fawning over Roger Clark's performance. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't play Red Dead Redemption 2 yet, but I've seen a lot of the major beats just because like every one of my siblings have played it yeah. while I've been around. So I've been like, ah, I'll get to you someday because this does look like a story that I will enjoy. But it, the dude does a great job at his role and it is i did get to see like different parts of the story so having a different understanding of him get from even though i don't have like the path from a to b i still have the different things there like pieces of it so it's so it was interesting to see him kind of in a different light it's honestly yeah it's 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 just it's honestly fantastic and as someone who i'm still holding out for that next gen patch i genuinely am that's like that's like the number one on my list of please fucking make a ps5 xbox series x version of this game because i want to go back and play that game so badly but also i'd love it to play at a good frame rate but that's my one dream (laughs) yeah rockstar if you could do that in like the next month that would actually be kind of perfect that's enough time to do all of it (laughs) it won't happen in the next month i'm hoping it might happen i feel like it will i feel like rockstar are the kind of people that will they love remastering and making double dipping they've yeah look at how many times yeah (laughs) i feel like it's only a matter of time my hope is they also bring back Red Dead One at some point because that game's fucking oh that'd be cool i'd love to play i'd love an excuse to play that again Honestly, that's something that's not a PlayStation I think, 3. I think Red Dead Redemption 1 might be my most replayed video game of all time. And oh, it's scary because wow. I don't know how many times I've replayed that video game. I think I've played through it. At least 12. I, like, You're not, not 12. someone who replays games. Yeah, and I think, like... I've replay- I think I've replayed through the entirety of Red Dead Redemption 1 like six or seven times. Like, I think it's like... <laughs> oh, man. It's not a short game either. It's like a 23 no, it's, hour game. It's, it's yeah. chunky. I just it's not like it came out at the right RPG time chunky, in my yeah. it came out at the right time in my life where I just adored it right and yeah. it's just 
always holds a special place in my heart. That's why I always love it when people are like, we love Rockstar because we love GTA. I'm like, no, I love Rockstar because I love Red Dead Redemption. We are not the same. <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> we are not the same. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Yeah. Back to you, Kyle. What have you got? All right. So let's take a quick dive into the world of fighting games. Oh, Ooh, God. Baby. I'm a head out. <laughs> <laughs> bye. All right. Did someone so say Guilty bye Gear Strive, or Guilty Gear as a franchise, is very wacky. I don't know Scorpion's what Daisuke... that game. I don't know <laughs> what Daisuke was smoking when he came up with the idea for the character, his characters and the lore, especially... But he's the kind of wacky person who, for, like, every game in the story, he's like, what if I just take my characters and I just beat the shit out of them emotionally all the time? And I think that's most exemplified with the character of Zato. Ah, the berserk approach. <laughs> so, Zato is a character who's been around since Guilty Gear 1, the very first game. He is a veteran character, and his idea is that he was part of this assassin guild where he traded his his sight in exchange for this little shadow creature that's like a parasite to fight alongside with him. The shadow creature's name is Eddie, by the way. Hello, Eddie's Eddie. great. I've seen him. Eddie is so cool. <laughs> um, You're my so... only friend, Eddie. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got Venom in my head now. <laughs> Ethan, it's really funny you say that, because Guilty Gear has a character named Eddie and a character named Venom. Of course they do, dude. <laughs> I mean, Daisuke's fucking important. weird, dude. Nice, yeah. But anyways. Um, so, in Guilty Gear 1, it starts with Eddie and Zato and Eddie like being this tag team. You know, Zato controls Eddie to attack. And then in a story... Um, Eddie basically ends up taking control of him, taking control of Zato. And so uh, Zato's girlfriend, Melia, has to basically kill Zato to try and get the parasite out of him. This doesn't work. I feel like this is Venom 3. Right now it's guys. I feel like this is Venom 3. (laughs) This doesn't work, and Eddie just ends up basically turning Zato into a walking corpse. Oh, nice. So, Some. for, like, the next yeah. three games, until Strive, Zato's just this living corpse, this basically reanimated corpse controlled by Eddie, until some shit happens off-screen in Strive, and now he's just, like, a regular guy, and him and Eddie are chill now. A perfectly normal guy, but a shadow but will kill happening you. Happening off-screen, out of game, what is this? Fucking Overwatch? What? Come on, <laughs> I mean, it's a fighting game without a dedicated story mode, so of course it happened off-screen. That's how everything <laughs> happens in those games. Dude, in Strive, he and Millie are working for the government now. Of course! And, li- and like, Zoxos- is the government in Guilty Gear? What does that That's even mean? That's a really good question, dude. Are they a republic? Are they a theocracy? Who knows? Sorry, my Honestly, I watched the whole chair. story of Strive. It was like is four and a half hours. totalitarian regime? Four and a half hours, jeez. Jeez, that's not It's that's all just a movie, dude. There's no gameplay. Hell yeah, bro. That's <laughs> it. Now that's my kind of game. I love yeah, not Zato. Zato's just really cool. He's a character that I like more for his lore rather than his gameplay. But 
I'm just I'm kind of upset that I don't know how to use him like everyone else can, but uh, you know, yeah, he's got a at cool. Least you get to smack people with dolphins or whatever. Yeah. If we were going off of favorite play style, May would make the list, but she's like the opposite Zato, where she has zero plot significance, Hooray. and she just exists. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Zato's cool, and I like his theme song in Strive. It does the cool thing where it explains who what it, it explains his story through song. Oh, which like you're rising, music. which like you do that. You've already got me hooked. That's my favorite trope with music. It's like, you want a six-minute ballad explaining everything about this character? Here you fucking go. Here's Guilty Gear. We got it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hunter. All right. Kyle said something about, you know, four hours of movies and no playing games, so that seems like a pretty good segue into bringing up Solid Snake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Solid Snake is my favorite character in everything ever. He is just the best. In the first game, he starts out as like this deconstruction of the typical kind of action hero, like action movie hero. And from then on, he grows into in the following games that he's in, just being... This is really <laughs> solid character <Ha>. throughout. <laughs> he said the thing. Yeah, he, did. he did the trick. David Play the laugh per- track. David Hader's performance backs this up like impeccably the whole time. Mm. Like he's one of those characters similar to kind of like how you were talking about with Arthur Morgan, where he seems very much just gruff and distant at first, but the more you you know, the more you play the series, the more you have a understanding of who he is and the way he thinks. And it's really cool in that regard. Like in two, there's this part at the towards the end where one character's like, Oh, you're only gonna be remembered for like the good part of what you did, you know, saving the world and all that. And one of his in his response was, There's no right part of murder. And that's <laughs> really cool because he does what he needs to do. But he doesn't, like, try to use the greater good as a shield for his culpability in killing people. And I really respect that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, he's really good at, like, emboldening people who need it, like his buddy Otacon. He gives Otacon something to do towards the end of 2, and he's like, I need you to do this. I'm counting on you. Mm. That probably made Otacon... That probably boosted his self-esteem, like... Several notches. Nice. No, I do yeah. like I do like Solid Snake. Obviously, I haven't played um, Metal Gear. It's one of those games that I'm still waiting to play. I'm really hoping that with the new PlayStation Premium bollocks, whatever the fuck it's called, I'm really hoping that the original Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 and 3 are on there, just so that there's an easy way to play Solid 1, 2, and 3. Because four, yeah. fi- I own a PS3, fine. I'll go and find a copy for like two quid or whatever and play it, fine. I don't mind that going through those hoops. But I just want an easy way to play most of them. Because I know, don't get me, I know the fucking trilogy. I know you can get them, but it's just like, I just want them on PlayStation 5 just easily, or PS4 just easily. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I have copies of like, I, I have a PS3 with the first game on it. Mm-hmm. I have a copy of the HD collection that has 2, 3, and Peace Walker. 
And I have four. So I have the whole series at my disposal for me to constantly be like, you have to play something else, because if you just play these, you're going to play them forever. <laughs> but, you know, I still would like for it to be easily available on the newer mm -hmm. stuff as well, just because it's a matter of convenience there. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. You know, let's let's use this as a jumping off board. Speaking of PS3, um, <laughs> wow, what a great segue! Um, no, what a great start to the sentence. Yeah, I feel like this is. I feel like I feel like this is ironic bringing up this fucking long-running, oversaturated fucking franchise um, up in this. But I feel like it has to be said just because of how significant this character was on video games in this generation. Um, but I'm just gonna say it because, yeah, Gex. the series, yes, Gex, guys, what a riot! <laughs> PS3 icon, well known for his PS3 <laughs> classics. <laughs> Everybody loves Gex. Dude. Um, but no, uh, it's Ezio, dude. Ezio, he's oh, yeah, Ezio, Ezio Altore is quite possibly one of the most iconic video game characters ever created, and. I feel like for a lot of people who haven't played Assassin's Creed 2 and have just jumped on the bandwagon of hating Assassin's Creed, like Assassin's Creed fans have jumped on the bandwagon of hating Assassin's Creed, don't yeah. truly understand about what, what a significant game they Assassin's Creed 2 They don't get that Ezio was. was actually really good. And how significant of a video game Assassin's Creed 2 was yeah. for just video games in general. I feel like Assassin's Creed 2 was where ubisoft made ubisoft games like that's where the ubisoft yeah. kind of formula came from in a way it's like, where I feel the like... sandbox it's where the modern sandbox blueprint kind of expanded beyond what grand theft auto did the generation oh hell yeah i feel like it doesn't get the respect that it kind of deserves in that regard i mean there's you can say what you want right because i feel like a million developers and a million um games copied that formula and beat it into death like beat it to death and they sure right? did so it's easy to forget <laughs> sometimes where the point of origin starts but and Assassin's i feel like Creed one day it's yeah. important and i feel like one day we'll get the same way with like other games i feel like one i feel like it's only a matter of time before we do and i mean we're already starting to get like what if people breath of the wild x franchise and it's like i'm like yeah. i feel like one day we're going to get to the point where big massive worlds where nothing is labeled will get boring and stale uh, in the same way with big massive worlds that have got everything labeled has become stale now um yeah but i feel like when people talk about games that change like that redefine stuff they'll bring up the same ones right you'll always bring up doom you'll always bring up uh breath of the wild people will probably bring up Elden ring even though it did nothing fucking new people will bring up final fantasy final 7 fantasy probably 7. gets tossed yeah, out a definitely. lot mario 64, mario 64. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I feel like one of those games that should be on that list that people don't talk about is Assassin's Creed 2. Um, yeah. But fuck the game off for a second. Just Ezio as a character is just fantastic. Like, honestly. It is really good, man. If you have no interest in Assassin's Creed, then that's fair play. But if there was like, if you were like, okay, Ethan, if someone points a gun to my head and tells me you need to play an Assassin's Creed game or you're going to die, play Assassin's Creed 2 <laughs> because it genuinely is a fantastic story. Uh, that just happens to be in a series that has been long saturated and long uh, needing some fucking time off, uh, friendly. But no, Ezio is just fan. He's genuinely fantastic. And was it was it was it Roger Craig who played who played Ezio? No, Roger played... Craig Smith. Was Roger Craig Smith Ezio? Sonic. Yeah, yeah, I think he is, isn't he? What? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I think it is Roger Craig, right? That's how I knew him. I didn't know he was doing Sonic until way later. Boom, he did Sonic. He's, he's been Sonic since Boom, but yeah. Yeah, it is Roger Craig Smith. I thought it was. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I know this, but then you think that you don't. But no, saying like that, that's... philosophy? That's, saying that, that is... <laughs> Yeah, saying that that is Roger Craig Smith's like best performance. It's fucking fantastic. It sure is, man. He is like... fantastic. But no, the whole story of Ezio, I love to pieces, and I still do. It's hold super respectable spot. that they managed to like tell a complete story in two, and then he continues to be good in the following ones. That's the thing is, it's it very much is a thing where if two was the only time you saw Ezio, that would have been fine. And it's like yeah. you play Brotherhood, you 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 hear that they're doing Brotherhood, and you're like, okay. I don't know how I feel about this. I like they did leave some loose ends in two, but I'm like, oh, they could have very much happily have left it. But then when you play two, you're like, oh no, that adds to the story, and I still like it. And then Revelation, she's like, oh come on, now they're just fucking milking it. But then because it's an older Ezio, and you actually get the kind of conclusion to his life and his arc, you're like, oh no, that also yeah. feels justified as well. And it kind of makes me laugh because they managed to do that <laughs> and then by the with time a single they get to... assassin, but yeah. with every subsequent game, they make it feel like the franchise is bloated and we don't need any more of it. And they keep changing yeah. the setting and the character each time. You're like, nope, still bloated, yeah. still don't want Yeah, it. by the time you get to three, you're like, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Cessio. Yeah, genuinely. Um, but no, Ezio is fantastic. And there's a reason, I feel like there's a reason that he's very much iconic and there's a reason the series caught on in the first place you know and let's just fucking the assassin's creed 2 theme is the assassin's creed theme not the assassin's creed 1 theme let's just get this into perspective the theme that they they reuse in all subsequent assassin's creeds is called Ezio's theme it is assassin's creed 2's theme (laughs) he's more well known than the dork in the modern times even desmond miles yeah do you know what I okay. realized, Hunter? Fun fact. Spoilers for Assassin's Creed if you still give a shit. They've brought back Desmond. <laughs> what? Yeah. In the latest Assassin's Creed, uh, the new protagonist goes like into like the heart of the Animus or whatever, and there's still a remnant of his like soul still in the Animus. And it's and they brought Nolan North back and everything. They brought fucking oh. Sean Hastings and uh, Rebecca back as well for the main story. And I'm like, oh, fair geez. play, because I love Danny Wallace in anything. But um, yeah. I'm like, oh God, have they really dug that at the bottom of the barrel of Assassin's Creed that much that they're going, you know, what if we did bring Desmond back? Like, that's how low we've got is let's fucking bring the dead All guy back. 10 of the people <laughs> who actually cared about his story. Yeah, it's fucking, I was one of them to be fair. But it was like Mr. Krabs. It's like the Mr. Krabs digging up the grave. Am I about to defile this grave for money? Let's get him out. Of course, of course I, am. I am. Let's get him out. But no, um, as much of a meme and a joke as Assassin's Creed is, I do still love Ezio and he's a very good character. Ugh. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> I don't know. How long do you answer? guys want to do this for? We can do at least one more round. We can do it. Like we're one past more the hour mark. Yeah, but we can yeah. do one more round. Come on, look at look at season three, guys. <laughs> look at season three. We've been doing longer. We've had episodes. some chunky episodes. We've been doing this longer season. episodes, dude. I feel like we've got to keep the spirit up. We've got to keep the spirit up because yeah. if we let ourselves down now, we're basically letting ourselves down for the entirety of May and half of June. And I feel like that's like that's <laughs> yeah. a standard that yeah. I don't want to slip into. You know? Yeah, we can't we can't let that happen. No, <laughs> Push to two hours, quality, guys. 
Hoddle. That's pushing into three by three territory. Huddle on the podcast. I mean, time. I have ten. I had ten guys listed here, so I had more than the three by three. I could push everything, dude. If you had told me that I would have picked fucking Ezio at the start, I would have told you lies, so I can keep going. <laughs> I've got plenty. You're a uh, you're a uh, spreadsheet had forty five characters, so oh, it's wow. not like you have a sixty hour podcast, guys. Settle it. It's t- it for me. There were there were thirty of one and then fifteen of the other. It's not that hard. <laughs> True. Alright. Hunter knows how to do math. This nerd Everyone counted. This other nerd made a spreadsheet. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just doing this. Like I'm like, um, um, quickly, I've got like two minutes to come up with something that works. <laughs> Did someone say PS3? That gives me a console to work with. Anyway, go you on, know, speaking of PlayStation, this is kind of a more recent favorite character, but Claire from Resi 2, she's a That's joy. A oh, she's great, man. She is just entertaining as all get out it's a shame there's no character yeah. in resident evil called joy or else i would have gone with the classic that's a different character but unfortunately <laughs> cannot do it oh, but yeah, yeah i played resi 2 this year the resi 2 remake it was a solid experience i'm glad i did it it was fun are you a horror stan now do you like horror film are you are you a horror enjoyer now kyle i mean the game wasn't really that scary are you ready to join me on the darker side of things? Nah, Pussy nation, rise up, dude. Not quite. <laughs> what was scarier, Resident Evil 2 or Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Kyle? Which one was scarier? Resi 2. Okay. We're getting a sky- We're going to get a scale of whenever Kyle does anything that's remotely <clears throat> horror, we're going to have the Kyle horror chart. <laughs> Where it's like... It was a battle of Mr. X gonna give it to you versus Professor X gonna give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been... To be fair, I feel like I would have gone and watched Doctor Strange 2 in the cinema if, like, Deadpool did show up and then played X gonna give it to you as fucking Patrick Stewart rolls in. But I specifically want Ryan Reynolds to be doing the performance of X Go Give It To You. Like, he just fucking opens up a wormhole and that's it, dude. The music starts playing. He's got the beatbox on his fucking shoulders. He's like, let's go. Got the boombox, let's go. Anyway. So, Resident Evil 2 is a video game that was developed in 1990-whatever for PlayStation (laughs) 1. Came out in 98. 98? Yo, so did I. Congrats, you have the same birthday as Leon and Claire. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> came out in 1998. Physically, That's not, not... incorrect. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so why is Claire so good, Kyle? Honestly, I think this is more a case of just the voice actress doing a damn good job with the character. Hell like, yeah. It's very true. Stephanie does wonderful, wonderful work with Claire. She... Her performance got me really invested in in Claire's shenanigans through the story. Yeah. And mm. she also did the mocap too, right? She sure did. She did like the facial capture and stuff too. So much so to the point where when that like Resident Evil Netflix animated series <laughs> came out last year and I saw the last episode of that when I was hanging out with my brother, it threw me off because they were just using the basic like CG stuff. With no facial capture, and I was like, Claire's face is wrong. That's weird, because they do facial capture for, like, everything nowadays, like, genuinely. Like, especially big, 
nine budget stuff always does facial capture for everything. I don't know if I would describe that as big. Actually, budget. to be fair, you're true. It's it's Netflix. They probably spend like fifty million <laughs> on it. Very All their true. budget went to Cowboy Bebop. Oh, dude, what a tragedy, dude. What a tragedy. Mm. All their budget Not really. is disappearing because people are sharing passwords. Yeah, that's the reason why Cowboy Bebop didn't get a second series, guys. You all password shared. God damn it. God damn yeah. it. We had something mediocre. If they'd given it a second chance, we could have gone fully down to awful. Come on. I wish. No, I think it would have stayed mediocre. Yeah, probably. God, biggest Just based off yeah. the first episode. God. Maybe one day I'll go and watch it. Don't. If you didn't even finish the good show, you're not going to finish this one. Yeah, there was a part of me that was re- genuinely going to watch the original Netflix show, just to spite Kyle in a way. I was like, imagine if Kyle, imagine Kyle's feelings when I'd watch every episode of the live action one, but not like stop halfway through the animated one. And I was like, I can't even do this as a joke. I got 10 minutes into the live action. I'm like, I can't even do this as a joke. I'm turning this off. Like, Dude, I watched the whole first episode. It did more than me. I it was the, the slowest episode of TV I ever watched. I watched the first scene, and then I got to the point where they showed the title screen, and I was like, Man. "Yeah, title screen's still cool." And then I stopped, and I was like, <laughs> "Shame, because yeah, like, Tank is a jam." Yeah, I saw bits and pieces of it because my brother was watching that. While I just I was like, "I'm not interested. I'm gonna play my Switch." <laughs> so I would occasionally glance up from what I could gather. They ripped off the intro to the movie for the they first did. episode and did it half as well. They, they sure introduced Fay too early and did that not nearly as well. Mm-hmm. And then the and then they made the ending of the episode way too chatty. Yep. Nice. Didn't the whole show fun. was too chatty. Well, I feel like it. I feel like the reason that it was too chatty, and I mean, I'm just using my it's analogy Americans here. Have small brain. No, it's not. No I think attention the reason, span. No, I feel the reason that it was so chatty is because chatty's cheap. And what yeah. I mean by that is a lot of criticisms of more modern Doctor Who is <clears throat> it's all talk, no fucking substance, and it's because yeah, yeah, it's easier to do talking than it is to actually do a story that requires some effort right it's like yeah, dude, doing some show don't tell is very difficult hey, it, it is it is it really is difficult. it is actually and it's like this so it, yeah it's a hard line to draw sometimes as well yeah yeah anyways video games i'm sorry yeah what? the performances in the resi 2 remake do a really good job of carrying like what would be a pretty by the numbers kind of horror story they really do because even like playing because, like, through leon's story i didn't really give much of a care about leon but i'm like, like he's not he's a very basic character yeah, too. but i'm like like this is was when he levels up to being what's going on cool yeah what's going on is interesting enough to make me keep going yeah, mixed with like just the whole atmosphere of what you're doing. You want to see these people through to the end, just because yeah. they feel like you feel like they deserve to. Even like in the remake of three, Jill was the same way. I don't remember particularly liking her in the first version of three. I was like, eh, she was okay. Mm. And then in the remake, I'm like, man, I actually do like you. Good for you. <laughs> That's the other thing, Resi. Two, like the remake did really well. Like I went in next to no knowledge about Resident Evil. And I, you know, I played that game perfectly fine. I understood everything that happened. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. very, very newcomer friendly. No, I, I don't game. know. If I ever do don't play Resident Evil, it. it'll probably be that one. 
Yeah, the two remake is a good like climbing on point. Yeah, so I, I do I own I own <clears throat> two remake and you do. three remake. I think I did own seven at one point, but I think my dad got rid of it. <laughs> oh, you you have it on the PlayStation Plus collection. Oh though. boy. <laughs> mm, I love my PlayStation Plus collection. My favorite part of the PlayStation Plus collection is how you can genuinely just be like, yo, mate, do you want me to sign in on your uh, PlayStation account on my PS5 and add the games to the library for you so you can get a load of free games? Because you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't hear that from me, though. And Sony, please, don't you come after me. I didn't do that. <laughs> all my friends were saddos and bought PS5s on day one. We were all sitting there with UFOs with nothing to play on. I'm going, yes, this is the future. Astro's Playroom. <laughs> It's just like Netflix password sharing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're all just sitting there singing the GPU song from Astro. Dude. We're just all sitting there, like, we got no fucking games. Woo-hoo. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, Hunter, good luck transitioning from that one. You got anything? So, you know, if we're talking favorite characters, I feel like I can't just not talk about Dante, mm-hmm. seeing as how half the time you see me on this podcast, I'm wearing a red coat of some variety. And I, man, I wonder where I got that notion from. <laughs> this is your brain on DMC. Essentially, it's when you just, it's when you get broken as a child and then just, just don't that's let like, it go. Yeah, I do want to see the Hunter TikTok trend from when he was like, okay, where I was like, this is one day of me being on DMC and just turning into him. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Starts with like a red t-shirt and then like I don't know maybe it was like a red it was like a black shirt with a red hoodie at first and then I I got my own money and my own resources and still didn't care and that's how I got the coat (laughs) no god yeah stop that man no one can stop me now but yeah Dante is funny (laughs) cannot kill me (laughs) yeah I am subhuman Dante is funny because half the time he isn't super like well written if you're taking it case by case in mm. the games because like in two he's not great because he's like mute mostly <laughs> and they don't do a good job of like it was a ps2 game so it's not like they could have a great job of emoting for him yeah that and uh uh three is is where people will think of his personality always being like the wacky party guy mm. surfing on rockets and wisecracking and all that <laughs> and it's it's good enough because it gets him because he develops throughout the game he's a good foil to virgil and he gets to the point where he is in one which was kind of like you know typical action hero kind of thing with just a little bit more depth to it mm. by the time you get all five of the main games you do have a good idea of who he is and how he thinks and he's also really enjoyable to watch do his thing most of the time and a major dork. Yeah. It's great. Like, I've said this on the show before, but I feel like a lot of people kind of short sell the story of DMC, where they kind of just write it off as typical action tropes. But there is a lot more substance to the story and the characters than people get. It's one of those to. things where it's never the reason that I would tell someone to play. I wouldn't be like, oh, if you like stories and video games, go play Devil May Cry. But if you do play the <laughs> Devil May Cry games, you will probably become attached to the story because there, it's like it's well done enough to where if you're exposed to them enough, you'll be like, yeah, I like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Because now, like, kind of contrasting off of this, my favorite character is Virgil from, from those games. Which I feel like this is very telling of who Hunter and I are as people. That yeah. these are the two characters we associate with in yeah. these games. We've definitely got that red oni, blue oni vibe going. Virgil <laughs> oh, is really cool in his own respects. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Also, if you want to see what it's like, actually, what an actually poorly written Devil May Cry game is, where the charm is kind of sapped from the characters, that's what Ninja Theory's game was like. Hey, oh. Like, the way I always describe it is if, uh, Dante in the original series was like what a typical teenage boy's idea of cool is, the, <laughs> the rebooted version is if that teenage kid actually tries to be cool. <laughs> It does not work out. How was the reboot, actually? Because I've heard, like, the gameplay is pretty solid. The gameplay is. Like, I respect what they were going for in the gameplay. Like, it, I still say that overall the reboot is worth your time if you like the games. Because the gameplay is good <clears throat> if you play, like, the version that's on the PS4. Don't play the original PS3 version. <laughs> but uh, the gameplay is good, but... The world and the story are lacking in most regards. Like, the personality mm -hmm. and fun in the characters is gone, and it's just kind of like... It's like they just took the... It doesn't have the typical PS3-era grayscale, but it's like they put that grayscale on the personality of the characters, <laughs> if that makes any sense to you. Because, no, like, visually speaking, visually speaking, the DMC reboot, when it gets all crazy in the demon world, is actually very vibrant. And that's one of the things I respect about that world is that it takes mundane scenarios and makes them wacky, and I like that. But uh, as far as the rest of the world and story, not great. You know, I hate you because you're like a respectful fan. Because it's like literally any other <laughs> any other person for any other franchise, like they'd be like, "Get the fucking stakes out, get the fucking pitchforks, get the torches." We're hunting oh, yeah, people down. To, like, hatred, you're trying hatred, to go hatred. skewer, and the fact that you yeah. can be such like a diehard fan of a franchise and then have this like controversial game in the middle of it and go, "I respect it for this little lot of stuff." I'm like, God, I wish like everybody in every community was like you, Hunter, because <laughs> the world would just be a better place. Twitter would be such a nicer place if there wasn't people <laughs> like everybody that is on there like they're just tragic i don't and toxic i don't and hate two as much as everyone else does too like i wouldn't ever tell anyone to go and play two unless they were really curious because it is boring mm -hmm. but retrospectively looking at it it is interesting to see where like the building blocks of what the series would become mm -hmm. is at and dante's outfit in that game is really cool <laughs> no fair enough <laughs> Dante's yeah. just is really cool. He's just, I relate to him. This is arguably Dante's his best. Fucking cool. It's arguably his best outfit. <laughs> just very fucking cool, guys. Just very. That's what they cool. used for for his appearance in SMT three. Yeah, that's probably because I don't think DMC three existed yet. Probably not. So it was just the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah, for the better. His outfit in three. His whole appearance in three wasn't great. Dude doesn't wear a shirt. That's not the problem. The problem is this holster <laughs> acting like a man bra and a stupid J-Rock haircut. <laughs> fair enough. I don't, I don't like his design in 3 very much. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. I do not know where to transition from this or where to even go, to be honest. Um, I don't know where to go. Like, 
Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog's fantastic. Because no. <laughs> I feel like there's a load of characters. When you're talking about greatest characters of all time and stuff like that, greatest performances and stuff like that, we've talked about best performances and stuff like that before. But it's like, yeah, I feel is. like there's so many ways to go, right? Where it's like great characters and stuff like that. I feel like there's the obvious ones that we're not talking about. Like mainly if we go over to the Sony first party land and go, okay... You know, you've got those. You've got Joel. You've got Ali. You've got those great. It would be disingenuous of me to pick them. Same. That's how I, I feel. <laughs> that's that's also how I feel. Same. It's like, like Ellie and Joel are really good characters and good games, but also The Last of Us isn't topping like my top ten of anything ever. So you know, same. And it's know. like I'd go the the exact same way with like kratos and stuff like that because like i hated fucking kratos can i just i fucking despised kratos before god of war 2018 i absolutely hated god he of is war. a character mm-hmm. was not good i didn't like <laughs> there I were good things about it guy. sometimes but it was buried under so much and i'm not a hack and slash guy so there was nothing yeah, there was nothing for god of war for me because it was like i don't like hack and slash action games and i don't like kratos so lose lose so to the point where I wasn't even planning on getting God of War 2018 until I saw everybody have a fucking freak out over it. And I was like, okay. And I see what you do. And I'm like, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. More of this. Potentially in 2022. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Who knows? I don't know. Like, I genuinely don't know where to go from this. Because it's like, when you're talking about, like, you were talking about, you know, S- Snake being your favorite character of all time and stuff like that. Or you're talking about Dante like having a personal effect on you dressing in the way you do and just attacking <laughs> that, right? devil man crying whatever weird respect made me who i am today yeah and it's like i don't know i don't know like i don't know where i want to go with this because it's like all the characters that affected me affected me on a personal level which is like not necessarily hey guys now i want to wear fucking dope ass clothes and look like whatever the fuck hunter looks like very cool um uh, i don't know it's just like characters like and sometimes like my favorite characters in games people are like why why is that character and i'm just like because <laughs> of the emotional oh, resonance not like that that's a, mm. here let's try what? who's your favorite character in a game you've played recently God, i fucking hate every game i played recently dude yeah my favorite character is the Elden ring in Elden ring bro the that's Elden my ring that's my favorite no because it was like because I was going along this line, it's like, it's easy. I, I, it's, I just have to go back to P5 again, guys. That's all I have to do. It's just, I have to go <laughs> down to this, the exact same generic game that I fucking love. Big Snacks, guys. That's my favorite character of all time. Big Snacks. All of the Big Snacks. All, all, of, the, all of the Big Snacks. <laughs> all of the Big Snacks. <laughs> or I can say Aloy. But again, Aloy, I don't truly mean it. Though. That's the thing is, I like Aloy. Yeah, and I fair. respect Aloy as a character, but I also know I don't like Aloy nearly as much as Hunter likes Aloy. Or it's like... I do like Aloy a lot. <laughs> My brother does not like Aloy at all. And this is really funny. <laughs> Just beat, beat him up about it. I have. Because <laughs> he's wrong. <laughs> very. He is, I know. Very... I, ho- I hope he gets to this point in the game. Or the podcast. My bad. You're and, wrong, uh, Hunter's brother. Just has to. I hope he like isn't listening and then hears me say this and rewinds. Because that's happened to him before, <laughs> nice. apparently. 
<laughs> I like it. I like it. Now I'm, you know, I'm gonna say it because it's like personal attachment, right? I'm gonna say a character that I really like from Persona Five, and people always just go, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Ethan, you just went for the popular girl because you're a fucking sim. And I just want to talk about it because I don't think it gets talked about enough. And also, we'll bring this up again in the fucking horny list, probably because of course we do. <laughs> Two hundred subs, fuckers! Woohoo! Um, Finally, now Kawakami. Kawakami <laughs> is hot. Am I right, gamers? <laughs> Hell yeah. Here, here, my brother. Hell yeah, dude. Any teachers in the chat? I've played the story for the plot. I play the story for the plot. I play the story for the plot. I play the story for the plot. That's a stupid <laughs> sentence. I'm a stupid person. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, guys, I play games for the gameplay. Have you ever watched the book? I read a book for the words, guys. Anyone else? (laughs) Oh, man. I read a book for the reading. Am I right, gamers? Rise up. Live to live. (laughs) You live your life. I'm not going to judge you. Live, live, live. You know what? That's that's my pick, dude. Just hunt to whatever the fuck hunted us in. (laughs) Oh, man. No, I just don't want to get depressing. Follow us on Twitter. I don't. I just don't want to get depressing. It's like, hey, cool coats. I like. I resonated with Dante, so I have cool coats. And I don't want to be like, I liked Anne in Persona Five because I have depression. I don't want to do that. I don't want to play that card. But well, I guess I, I mean, Anne did inspire you to dress like her. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, really... for a bit. Yeah, that's true. She is my spirit animal, dude. She is my spirit animal. No, I think the reason that Persona 5 impacted me so much and the reason that it got me in was because I didn't realize, I was like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll relate to Ryuji or maybe I'll relate to the main character or whatever. But what I didn't expect was the fucking blonde girl who I just know know is, oh, that's the pe- person that fucking Twitter's a bit weird about. Like, <laughs> fucking calm down. <laughs> um, but I realized is, I didn't realize that that's the character that I would relate to in the video game because her life and a lot of what she has doesn't directly react to me, but it's very similar enough for me to be like, oh shit, that's weird. It's like the whole idea of her doing like, you know, photography and modeling and that kind of draw, that kind of performative side. And it's like, I also did that. And all of my classmates treated me like shit because I did it in the same way as that. (laughs) And it's just like, it was just those kind of, and just like the not fitting in being on your own, those kind of depressive tendencies. I was like, why the fuck am I relating to this character? Like why? (laughs) And it was just like, that's just the kind of way it was. So it's like when people are always like, oh yeah, but she's like kind of forgotten about in the first half of the game. I'm like, yeah, she kind of is after the first kind of bit of the game. But she sure does leave an impact on you. She leaves an impact, Mm. dude. And she definitely did. It's just like her whole story about her losing her only friend was kind of very real to me as well not because for for those of you who don't know uh which is everybody probably <laughs> uh, i basically when i to when we went to high school at like 11 years old i basically lost like all of my friends i ever had at that point because i moved away um and it was like I basically lost everything and started from scratch. And again, I basically only had one or two friends and they weren't great. And it's like, I've had people who I was friends with when I was younger, they've passed away. I've lost like people like that. And it's like, not necessarily like, I wasn't super, like super close with them, but it was like people that I was friends with. And it's just like, it's like, 
there was too many things. It's like, it's one of those weird coincidences. And I don't know if you ever, you probably everybody's mm-hmm. had this, where there's just a certain character in a certain game or a certain movie or a certain <clears throat> TV show, which you relate to in a very weird way where it doesn't necessarily actually line up. It's like, I've not been fucking assaulted by fucking people, right? I'm not like, I've not been a victim of that kind of behavior. But it's just like, when you relate to someone and what they've been through when it's like, oh, they do, they felt like the outcast their entire life, where they felt like they've mm. been judged on who they are and what they like to do. It's like, I've had people belittle me because I was an actor when I was a kid and judge me for all that stuff and call me a load of shit that was, people thought was completely okay and very funny in 2009, guys. But oh. now again, days you're like, that shit sucked and it sucked when it was. And it's just like those kind of things where it's like, yeah, I can see why people like we can bring you back to the Makoto conversation. I like can see why people like Makoto and stuff like that. But then it's like, oh, you like Dan because you're horny. I'm like, no, it's because I, I was depressed when I played P5 and I related so much to the shit that she said. And it's yeah. like maybe it was just that she was also a really well written character, and she was Who also just thought? really well done, and also <laughs> nah, Erica, that's not allowed. and then also Erica Holika is just a fucking yeah, yeah is. Also incredible at what she does, and like the yeah. entire of the P five cast is terribly like terribly talented, too talented. <laughs> and it's like Share in a similar way, it's like yeah. And it's like I also, it's like again, same goes for Futaba as well with her oh, depression yeah. and stuff like that. Very much, obviously, didn't relate as much because my parents are still alive. But at the same time, it's like again, mm-hmm. it's why P five really did attached to me not necessarily because of the game and the story it was just the time and how the characters related to me in such a way that it was like that Mm -hmm. kind of propels my love for it more than i think most games it's like i have a favorite i've had a favorite game of all time you know as we've gone through life as everyone does but i feel like that's the reason why that one's attached more than others have yeah it's just because of that time time and place place in your life and what it's saying yeah and it just makes the characters you know it's like where you are in life can very much impact and have an effect on how you Mm. perceive certain media and certain contents and it's like that's completely cool and it's like yeah hey you might really love a character and i might not but it's also dependent on emotion who you are i had a pretty similar experience with final fantasy 8 and Mm. the protagonist of that squall where his whole story is that yeah, he's a edgy, depressed emo boy with a cool gun sword. But also, through his story, he's trying to figure out who he is and what his place in the world is. And it's like... I just really resonated with that, because when I played FF8 for the first time, I was getting ready to move out to my first year of college. And that kind of feeling of just being alone again oh yeah dude really, isolation just really fucking hit sucks dude hell yeah i feel that <laughs> it's like again in 2019 i j- just finished uni and it was like okay <clears throat> any uni friends that i made are practically all moving back to where they're from and it's like won't be really seeing them again and mm-hmm. it was also one of those things where my current friends oh we're all stopping uni now everyone's gonna get a job everyone's gonna move on it just it's a very isolating time in your life right so it's like isolation can be a bitch to your mental health yeah and it's just like in those kinds of situations where you're feeling down, when you're feeling anxious, you're feeling unsure about everything. Media and stuff like that very much attaches to you, right? And you it, yeah, it mm-hmm, can become sure. your coping mechanism in uh, a lot of ways. And it's like definitely impacts you in that kind of way. So I 100% can see why that's the case. 
this is in a bit of a different way, but if I didn't play the game Valhalla, it's the bartending game I mentioned a few weeks mm-hmm. back, at the time I did, I probably, like if I had played it a couple years later, it probably wouldn't stick with me as much. But the main character goes through this whole thing where she's explaining uh, her uh, life in college, and it was essentially, she just threw everything she had at the four years that she didn't enjoy. She got her thing, and she was like, but I don't actually care about this. And just four years of her life, poof. And mm-hmm. at the time, I was working a job that was, you know, mediocre pay, overworking me all the time. I was like, if I don't leave here, I am going to soon. I am going to <laughs> die here, and I will have a sad existence to have went out on. Was kind of the, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. so that one stuck with me. It, it kind of got the. I left my job soon after that, not because of the game itself, like dropping that revelation on me, but. <laughs> I, uh, it got the wheels turning, and then it got it you to think, yeah. to, and it continued to suck. So I was like, "Yeah, I should do something about this." <laughs> no, dude, definitely. And it's like I love the impact that those kinds of experiences can have on people. You know, it's like I love the fact that media and you know, video games especially have the power to just connect with you in a way and just impact with you. I think it's the fact that. I don't know whether it's the fact that you're physically interacting with these worlds or whether it's the fact that they're usually longer than most movies or TV shows and stuff like that. But the fact mm-hmm. that they can kind of accompany you on those kind of experiences when during those kind of times of uncertainty or, you know, anxiousness or depression or whatever it is you're experiencing at the time, the fact that they can impact those in a positive way and just kind of act as a companion alongside those emotions in a way is a, lo- a really powerful kind of thing. And I, you know it it's sad right but it's like i'm grateful for those experiences in a lot of ways because it's like yeah if i wasn't depressed at the time that i pay, played p5 i probably wouldn't like it as much right and it's like it's <laughs> weird to say it like that but it's true and it's like it really did it be, like it's all it's an exceptional game but it became something else to me because of the time and the place that i experienced it in the same way that with you with Final Fantasy VIII, right? Or, you know, Hunter with uh, Valhalla. It's like those kinds of experiences, those kind of games can definitely impact you. And it's like, it's like why I was saying earlier, it's why I don't like always just saying the obvious answers of like Ellie or Kratos or isn't Master Chief great? Because it's like, yeah, yeah it's... they're statistically <laughs> this popular is what everyone great, tries right? to say. But to me, you know, like, anyway, it's far more interesting. People would still be like Mario even. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it's way more interesting to hear those stories about hey this is i liked this character because i was in a really shitty place or i really liked this journey and trust me if you've enjoyed this really depressing deep dive into our psyches (laughs) you're gonna love the games that made us cry or made us emotional episode in a week or two because geez i feel like that's gonna be a very much open book kind of experience (laughs) but yeah I do love that it's like you have those experiences that are kind of unique to yourself. And some people might look at you, you might just be like, you weird or what that or that character <laughs> you, you, really? You good, bro. You good? Like, you fucking okay, dude? Yeah. You thinking straight? Or that's a weird game to pick. And it's like, I just like those answers because it's more interesting. It just makes more for a more open and honest conversation. I mean, if we were all just sitting here fucking saying Dover Keen and fucking God knows what. Fusro Fusro um it's like it'd just be boring right everyone's had those conversations before and it's like mm. just it's just more 
fun and more open just to talk about these kinds of things. I sure do love when Nathan Drake stole the Chaos Emerald. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know the most important thing, guys, about talking about these and being open? It's cheaper than therapy, am I right? <laughs> 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 Don't need to pay for therapy when you talk about it on a podcast, guys. Well, hey, hey, leave when your you ther- just put it on the internet. Put it on the internet. Put it on the internet. Hey. You, get, you, you know what our motto is. Free, Free and competent. Free and competent. <laughs> Free and competent. Yep. But no. Hey, if you've made it this far, why don't you guys let us know? Is there any characters we started with? Hey, any what, what the greatest characters? But no, do you have any characters that impacted you in that way? You know, did you have any characters that the reason you love them, the reason that you think they're great, is just because of the way they impacted you at the time and the place where you were? Because that's what mm. makes them truly special. And hey, if you liked more sad things like this, we'll be talking about this for an entire podcast at some point in the month of May when we talk about our favorite. Uh, well, our most emotional moments in video games, I guess. Um, which I think will be more about games that made you sad because of things that happened rather than, hey guys, I'm sad. Let's talk about <laughs> because Halo. Of life. Yeah. Life was shit, guys. Let's talk about Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, guys, someone stole my shiny audition. I was so upset. <laughs> The battery died and my Blastoise is no longer with us. Can we get some Fs? <laughs> oh, seven. Did you watch that video? I did watch that video. It showed up on that the was so cool, dude. Yeah. All the reverse engineering they had to do was so cool to get that to Dude, work. is that Nick Robinson that makes those videos? He's made some good videos, dude. I love his he videos really on does. the Domino's Pizza guy as well. Uh, whatever <laughs> his name is. That, that epic, dude. I love the, that Tsune Miko Domino's ad. What a video. Dude. I genuinely... Some great YouTube recommended content Nick Robinson makes where they just show up and you're like, hell yes, I'm ready for that journey. You love to see it. He's got he's a guy who's got the algorithm figured he's out. He's got the algorithm. Yeah, because I would never in my life talk about think about talking about the Domino's cross hat Miku app from Japan, dude. <laughs> Who would? Nick would, and he's great at doing it. But there. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> that's been our show guys thank you for joining us for this epic uh, episode of the podcast Deep it's, been dive. One, it's been a fun one i've enjoyed it yeah. we've gone we've mm. gone through all the emotions dude we have gone we through the really emotions. did we we went through i feel like we went on our own character arc here dude who knows <laughs> maybe this is the greatest character of all time dude <laughs> quickly someone press the x button then it counts as a game we'll just be a visual novel it's fine yeah, got there, it. You go. there you go. The, the real greatest characters were the friends we made along the way. It's true, it's true. That's the real beauty. It really is how it goes. That's the beauty, is this podcast <laughs> has allowed us to basically have an excuse to talk every single week for like the past 111 exactly. weeks, and that's the beautiful thing. <laughs> that's the beautiful yeah. thing about it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's enough of us. As always, uh, our links are on screen. Right now, you can go and follow us on Twitter at the links below if you feel like you want to. If you want to keep up to date with all the sad boy hours, there you go. Don't worry. We don't tweet depressed shit. We don't do that anymore. We're like, the, we're like the only people on Twitter that don't now, but you know, we did it before. It was cool, and then we got over it. It's fine. I just tell you when games you should play go on sale. <laughs> yeah, and I've just not been using Twitter as much lately. I just like, I'm like, I'm not funny. I should just stop using Twitter. Maybe I should just... Maybe that's what I should just do. I mean, is start you're still just... funnier than like eighty percent of the user base. So Thank you. That. That's a good. Well, I don't know if that is a compliment to be honest, because of the low bar that that is. 
It is a low bar, but I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna start doing. If they haven't been disqualified, neither of you. Yeah, true. I'm just gonna do what everybody else does on Twitter and just throw out the worst jokes ever. And sometimes one of them will hit, guys. One of them will hit. Just make the same joke every day until people see it. Yeah. But no. Anyway, if you don't want to keep up with my shitty jokes, that's very cool. You can go and follow us on Twitter at HotGamersOnly or subscribe to us on YouTube at YouTube.com forward slash HotGamersOnly. And hey, if you don't want to look at our stupid faces, that's cool too. You can head to the link tree or search for Hot Gamers Only on your favorite podcast service like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And hey, with that, that has been our show. Thank you ever so much for watching slash listening this week. And thank you, Hunter, for not doing any stupid hijinks while the promo was going. Oh, I still, I still got to let it simmer. Yeah, you got <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Guys. <laughs> Unacceptable. But no, it's been fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Uh, and again, if you have any ideas what you want, to, what else you want us to cover other than sad boy hours on the show in the next month or so, uh, hit us up at Hot Games Only or at Hot Games Only at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from or you. Only sad boy hours, and the whole month of May is just depression arc. Oh hell yeah, we we could do with a good depression arc, guys. Who else? Who <laughs> who else wants to revel in their own despair? Anybody? No, no, okay. That's oh fun. man, is this where we pull out the Danganronpa miniseries? <laughs> <laughs> now you're all depressed. Let's play Danganronpa. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> we just end the month with a Danganronpa spoiler cast. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. But no, anyway, I we'll be back. Like I've played those. No, you. I mean, you watch the anime of one. The other ones don't have animes. True. Two doesn't have an anime. No, I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't think so. Ethan said it was bad. I don't think the game, so. not the anime. You know, I've actually warmed up to D two more. I'm just gonna say oh, it. Cool. I'm not gonna elaborate, but I've just I've warmed up a bit more. It's not <laughs> as bad as I thought it was. I think it's still my least favorite, but I I've warmed up to it more. It might be slightly a yeah. one. I don't know. I still love three though, and you haters can fucking stay mad. <laughs> Get depressed over that hate. Fair assessment. Anyway. <laughs> yeah we're done it's been fun thank you ever so much for listening and watching we'll be back same time same place next week for more who knows what that'll be but until then have an awesome week and yeah we'll see you next time bye see ya toodaloo <laughs>